how's it going? Welcome back to The Social Sanctuary, a new podcast which takes a closer look at important topics across the digital space. I'm Harvey Morton and today we're talking about everything film and looking at the importance of video marketing for business. I hope that you've got the best seat in the house or wherever you might be listening to this. Welcome Dan Bale and Joe Palmer from Open House Pictures. Guys, could you tell us a little bit more about how you started Open House Pictures and what's your journey been like so far? Yeah, so we we started Open House Pictures in 2018, late 2018, but it actually kind of started about a year earlier. So in our second year of university, this was in 2017, in the middle of the summer, we had a lot of free time, we weren't doing a lot, uh, holidays had finished and we both decided that we wanted to try, have a go at starting our own short film. So we crowdfunded the whole thing, we scripted it ourselves, we got all the crew and the cast, um, managed to raise a, a good chunk of money to, to make it happen and we went out and filmed it over five days it was a it was a horror film set at night, so we had to shoot from uh, 11 p.m. till 6 a.m., which was horrific. And and a lot of the crew were just helping out as as sort of volunteers and stuff. And uh, we all sort of came together, banded together, and, and made this really good short film. And I guess that kind of set off a spark for us about like sort of creating short films and and filmmaking and that kind of thing. And we thought. How can we then turn this into a business? What can we do to actually make money off this? There's, there's not a lot of money in short films or sort of your creative fictional side of things, but there was a lot of money in video production and creating marketing content, commercials, that kind of thing. So we had one last year of uni and we couldn't wait for it to be over so that we could just literally jump into doing this video production company. And uh, yeah, we've been uh, running ever since and uh, learning as we went, um, jumped into the business with with no prior knowledge to how to run a business and not a hell of a lot of knowledge in how to do video production in a commercial sense from day one, month one, you know, the first couple of months we've just worked our asses off to learn and experience and, and build on what we know. And here we are, <laughs> here we are now, two years later, still going somehow. Amazing. So I'd imagine that you were learning on the spot for, for most of your first jobs but you've worked with a wide variety of brands and some really unique brands as well. Can you tell us about some of the projects you've worked on over the last year? We, we, we always change it. We always say one of our favourite ones, and it always changes, but one of our <laughs> favourite ones recently has been a video we did for the National Video Game Museum in, in, in town um, because it's been the toughest one we've ever done. We filmed that last October, and it's only just finished now. We, we had a meeting with them and they wanted to obviously promote their museum. And originally they wanted something where you show people um, just playing the video games, having fun, good family day out. But we wanted to steer away from that because it's such a unique business and it's so unique to the city. We wanted to create something unique. So rather than just showing people playing it, your, your standard stuff, we decided to film it more like a video game. So we did it almost like Jumanji style where someone walks up to an old arcade game, they get sucked into that and they almost materialise into the video game museum itself. So the video game museum is called Video Game Museum The Game. So then you've got all these graphics up that, that show, you know, your first person style and he plays the game as you would do in a normal game and at the end you get sucked back out and then, you know, 
come and join the come and join the fun, whatever it says at the end. So that's probably been our favourite, well, my favourite recently because of just the sheer level of difficult difficulty that caused us, but, it, but also because it's the most creative we've ever been with a video, I think, as well. Yeah, I've seen you've been teasing that video on social media at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Um, when can we expect to see that? Well, we're working with them at the moment. Um, originally, we were going to launch the video when they opened up a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't have time to, to, to finalise everything with them. So we've got a few good ideas when to launch it with them coming up soon. So it should be out within the next couple of weeks, hopefully. And we're really proud of proud of what we've done with that. Fantastic. So I'd imagine that lockdown has impacted you quite a bit as well. So how did you adapt um, with not being able to go out and film as usual? Yeah, so lockdown kind of had a big effect, I think, on most video production companies uh, that we know of and, I guess, sort of nationwide. As soon as the lockdown was put in place, a lot of the jobs that we had scheduled and and locked in uh, all got cancelled. So a lot of them were events-based. So obviously, as you can imagine, you know, social distancing and lockdowns and stuff, all events kind of went away. So a lot of that went uh, and a few got postponed to sort of a a later date. So it was quite a, a shock, really. But we tried to take it in our stride, so we thought, well, there's not a lot of work going around. We can we can focus on doing some editing work on the side and that sort of thing. We thought, let, let's take this time, however long it may be, a couple of months or what have you, and let's just really hammer out our business and like what our business is, what it means to us, what our brand's about, uh, updating our website, and just just doing all them things that you leave to like the last day of the week to to sort of think about uh, and just really hammering them out there and then. So I think the biggest focus was on on just improving the business, improving how we operate, our workflow, and just trying to trying to make our business as good as it can be. So that when obviously finally lockdown sort of has been reduced and restrictions are being eased, we could like sort of hammer out a bit more in terms of like marketing ourselves and who we are and and, and sales and that kind of thing. Yeah, it was, it was a bit bit of a kick up the arse for us in a way because when it first happened. It was so disappointing because we've we spent oh, a year and a half to that point grafting and trying to get what we could, and we first time ever you know work was actually coming to us. We were doing really well, and then that happened and we lost it all. Um, so we thought early on, rather than moaning and whinging about it because everyone's in the same boat, we thought we'll knuckle under. Let's not take a holiday. We could have easily taken a five month holiday got a nice tan but we thought now we'll, we'll we'll knuckle under and we worked harder than we ever have done we worked every day we didn't have a single day off the whole of lockdown we've only recently actually taken off time from work which was last week and this week so we, we've worked every day on that and we just thought everyone's in the same boat there's people worse off than us we're quite lucky because our overheads aren't as big because of the job we, we do and we just thought we we wouldn't feel right sitting there complaining when other people are losing their livelihoods and it's just, it didn't sit right with us. So we just thought the best thing we can do is help other people where we can. And we try to promote other, other businesses that were still operating on our social media, try and get them a little bit, a bit of support on that. And we just thought, let's just knuckle under and just get, get, get down to the nitty gritty of it. And in reality, I think lockdowns probably 
been a good thing for our business because without lockdown, I don't think we'd be in the position we are at now. And I think we're in a much better position now than we were before we went into lockdown. So I think in a way it's been quite good for us, even though we lost, you know, six months worth, worth of work. Yeah, I think that the the way that you've used your platforms really positively positively was quite refreshing from the Netflix watch parties that you did to the trivia quizzes and then you did a crowdfunder as well didn't you which was a a really positive thing to do amongst all of the negativity especially at the start of lockdown as well did it benefit you to kind of stay in touch with everyone and and do you think it's important for businesses to stay active on social media yeah, I think it's really important. You've got to have a good connection with your customers for them to buy, uh, buy, buy your product or service. And I think having a, a good, not, not posting crap, so you don't want to be posting just random stuff every single day because people hate that. They'll switch off. But you, if you post some relevant stuff they connect with, it just makes you more trustworthy to them. I don't, I'm not even bothered about, you know, we should be in a way, but I'm not that bothered about some people on our Facebook or Twitter. Our aim for the polls and stuff isn't for someone to vote on a poll and be like, oh, I voted on the poll, now I want the video. You know, we're doing it because it connects people together. So that, that's probably from us. What, what, what would you say, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we, we try and, we've tried to make a platform that really stands out as something in itself, aside from our business and our sales and trying to, trying to get people in. We wanted to make something that also had a bit of a community vibe to it and obviously with the Netflix and, and the, the quizzes we ran and stuff like that, just something that could kind of bring a few people together, a little bit of a community and, and made something that wasn't just sales-based because I think too many businesses at the minute are focusing on, okay, this post is sales, this post, this post, that post, um, and it all gets a little bit too businessy. And I think one of the, the best assets for any business, especially ours, is people buy from people People want to see you as a person. They want to see what you like. They want to see what you posted about. They want to see your company as something other than something just to make sales and to, to sell things. So I think Joe especially, because Joe kind of oversees it. So a little compliment for you there, Joe. Thank you. Uh, he does a really good job. And certainly over lockdown, <laughs> we, we had we had a good uh, brainstorming about, oh, okay, so there's a lot of people at home, furloughed, not a lot to do in the day. They can't really leave the house. There's not a lot on. What little things can we do in the week? Just give them a bit of a, a bit of a routine. Okay, let's do a, a Netflix watch party on a Tuesday or a Thursday. Okay, let's do a quiz on a Friday. And, you know, it, it, we're not saying that these little things are going to change someone's life, but it, sometimes it's just nice to have the odd thing to be a part of. And I think certainly with, like, the Netflix stuff and things like that, the people that did jump on that or were involved in that um, appreciated it. And, and that was kind of the point. Uh, also, we wanted to just watch some Netflix films as well. So it kind of, it was like a, it was a, it was a double win. Yeah. The excuse not to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did it right over work hours. Mm-hmm. So we, we said it was work, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if you'd class it as. Yeah. I'm sure that the Bratz film was the highlight of all the watch parties <laughs> that you did, did not as that. well. I felt honestly when that when that got picked, I I just felt like ditching the whole thing because it was my sister's <laughs> fault. She she got everyone, and I mean everyone, to vote for that film just to wind me up. That was the only thing, and I had to watch it. And I, I don't think I've ever been as down. I mean, I think that got me more down than lockdown. 
did watching that film. It's awful. Yeah, that's not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) I know that when I started out, I tried to kind of make my own videos and they all look so bad and unprofessional. And I see that on lots of clients' websites and websites that I look at in general. So why do you think that it's important for businesses to invest in professional video marketing? It's it's hugely important. Um, I think videos done well can be a huge asset to your marketing and your business because what me and Joe have realised quite a lot in terms of like seeing people post their own content and things online people review you based on the quality of your marketing and what you put out there of yourself. So someone shooting like a, a, a bit of a dodgy iPhone video or something like that compared to somebody who's had video production and had a whole team in to, to develop the video, there's obviously a, a, a big difference in quality. And then you're putting graphics in and this and that. And, and I think that's such an important point for a business is to look professional and to look of high quality because that applies then in your customer's mindset to what uh, they're buying. So if they're buying something off you and all of you, everything about you is professional, high quality, all this, that and the other, they will think, oh, well, they've got, you know, high quality stuff. They must have high quality products or services or this kind of thing. A real important push me and Joe make when we're talking to people about making video marketing is like, look, the quality of the marketing you put out will reflect on your business. So why not yeah. kind of do it as high quality and as professional as you can, and then you'll get something that, that will stand out better. And obviously there's the, the obvious things. Getting a professional video, you're getting people working on it, thinking of ideas, coming up with new strategies, creative ways of uh, saying something. Obviously Joe just mentioned uh, our National Video Game Museum. You know, if they'd have just filmed something on their iPhone, maybe walking around, it would have been okay. It would have kind of shown people the, the space, but obviously we've been able to turn it into this fantastic Jumanji-esque kind of video that's really going to stand out and connect with people. And that's that, That's the kind of big difference, I think. You get you get that quality, which you wouldn't get kind of doing your own stuff. There, there's always like a, a bit of a market for making your own content. It's not impossible, but it, you have to do it right, I think, is what's important. Yeah, it totally reflects your brand. And if you're... If you if you buy cheap or you do it yourself or if you go to a, a cheaper videographer or whatever, in the long run, you'll be spending more money because you've already spent the money on that video. And if the video is not that good, it doesn't reflect your brand in a good way. You're not going to be making the same amount of sales as you would do if it was high quality. And then you're going to have to reinvest in more video anyway. So that's what we try and get across to people is if you if you haven't got the biggest budget, you know, you go cheap, fine. You know, there's some really good videographers out there that, do work with a small budget. If you just go for really cheap, and I mean like 50 quid cheap, you're not going to be making the sales and you're going to have to redo it anyway going forward because they'll realise in six months, 12 months' time that that video makes my product look crap. So you're going to have to redo it all. Yeah, I completely agree. I've used cheap um, videographers before and then I've just ended up thinking I could have done better than that myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, So like me, you're both huge film fans. Mm. What's been your favourite film so far this year? We were were quite challenged by this this question because we were trying (laughs) to think, obviously, what films have we seen this year? You know, what we locked down and everything... We saw a few films at the start of the year, 
And then we've, we've only recently just gone to the tenant. That was kind of like the first main one we've seen since we got back. So we were trying to think about what films actually come out this year. So it's been kind of, it's been kind of tough. But Joe's, Joe's got a, a special favourite, haven't you, Joe? <laughs> Lined up. <laughs> well, it's, well, yeah, because I'm a massive, um, I'm a massive nerd for James Bond. So I'm going to already say that's going to be my favourite film before it's even out. Does that count? Or do I have to say one that's already out? I'm sure that there's a good chance that that'll be true anyway. Yeah, so I'll probably say that, even though it's not out yet. So, I mean, you mentioned that, obviously, you've not been to the cinema for a while because of lockdown, and how important is it that people support cinemas as we come out of lockdown, especially independent cinemas in Sheffield, like the showroom? Yeah, it's, 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 it's vital because once they shut, they won't reopen. Um, you know, bigger chains, if they shut the light or if they shut Cineworld, do a big chain, they, they can always come back in or, or another chain will take them over. But with, with the lights of the showroom, so unique and independent, once that, if that goes, that's it, it's gone. It won't come back. So it's more important than ever before. So we try to go to the showroom where we can more often than, you know, City World or, or whatnot. Uh, we should be, we should go more. We, we know we should, but I feel like if, if, if there's a choice between the showroom or City World, we'd prefer the showroom because it's got that, that the aesthetic when you go in, is totally different to a, to City World or the light or the Odeon. It's just some, so unique. So we, you're not just supporting the independent films that are being shown there. You're also supporting the independent cinema and all the staff and everything. So we, we, we love going there and we try and go there as much as possible. So I, I think it's, it's vital to, yeah. to support independent yeah. cinemas. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's kind of like a niche thing as well, because they show a lot of films that might not have had a, a big release. So you can mm-hmm. kind of use that as well. You could maybe see a few films at Cineworld, the, the bigger stuff that you want to see you know, in a big screen, but, but the showroom does a lot of like really niche and interesting films. And like Joe says, I think it's like when you're in, you know, you're in that kind of slightly quainter, more kind of retro-y vibe uh, cinema that's kind of, kind of suits the cinemas of sort of the past and that kind of thing. It, it has that different kind of vibe to it. And it's, there's something quite nice about them, kind of that kind of old cinema uh, look and feeling. And, I think it's it's just always great to go to these kind of places, you know, for the, for the independence and, and supporting uh, places like that. I mean, there's obviously showroom curves on, but even like smaller entities like you know, like Film Riot and, and and places like that where they'll just show films and they just make it an easy, accessible and, and affordable way to go see a film. And what I love about, say, the showroom and curves on is they're always trying to support young filmmakers too. So, you know, they're always offering these like under 25 tickets for a fiver or some sort of deal or offer or something like that. And I think, again, stuff like that, it's bringing people in to see films they might not have ordinarily seen uh, at the bigger cinemas in, in something like that. And, and again, it's supporting, it's supporting themselves. So, so yeah, you, you got to keep them going. Uh, I think the showroom is like a fantastic uh, platform for all sorts of stuff. I mean, they've got, they do the showroom shorts there and all different kinds of stuff with, uh, with young and, and sort of upcoming filmmakers. So, yeah, you've got to keep stuff like that open, definitely. Yeah, and it's it's a great um, community hub as well, the showroom. So it's it's fantastic for, for Sheffield. 
you mentioned earlier that you've been obviously unable to do any filming during lockdown and, and you've been working from home as well. Um, how have you found the move from the office back to working from home? Um, have you missed not having a set separate space to go to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't miss not seeing Dan. That's been a positive for me. <laughs> Have a bit of a break, <laughs> a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a break from him. Now it, it's it's um it's been uh, it's been tricky because me and Dan always work better together, and I feel like working from home, we're working at you know forty percent reduced capacity for us because we're just it's so difficult trying to motivate each other from home, and you know when you you sleep here and you work here, and we always work better when we're together. We so much quicker with what we, the ideas we come up with. It has been tough. We've, we've adapted quite well to it. We adapted quite well early on. Everything we're having problems with, we, we sort of rectified straight away. But we're looking forward to going back full-time at, at, to the office because we've just missed that, you know, freedom almost, you know, just separating your work and your life. Yeah, I've, I've, I've missed that. So it's been tricky. But again, you can't complain. Everyone's in the same boat, aren't they? Definitely. It's, it's that mindset of having the office where you're working and you're getting stuff done and you're in that mindset of, of work. And then you've got the, the home life where you can, you know, live and chill and, and sleep and, and not think about work. But when obviously you're working at home, you're blending all that together and it all just becomes one thing. So I'm at the minute, my desk is actually in my living room, you know, at about five o'clock, my mum comes in, my sister comes in from work and the, you know, there's one lounge, they want to chill, they want to watch TV, which is totally fair enough. I'm there in the corner trying to focus my head off, getting this edit done and, and really trying to lock in. And, you know, they're super accommodating, to be fair. They always, like, lead me to it if I need the space or stuff. But equally, you, you want to allow them that time to kind of chill and relax after work themselves. So it's been challenging, but hopefully our office is looking to open up soon. So it would be good to move back and, and finally be able to, like, separate the two mind spaces and, and feel like one's work and one's actually one's home. <laughs> Well, well, the office is already open, but um, it's at reduced hours, and we can't really go there and edit for reduced hours. So we 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 went for the first time the other day just to plan out some stuff, and that was great. But we can't go and edit that because it's not it's not nine to five at the moment. But Dan's got it lucky because Dan's you know he's got his family there, whatnot. The, the room I work in, four cats live in here. So when I wake up in the morning, his hair's everywhere. They sleep on my keyboard. They sleep on my work. They sleep on scripts. I can't wait to get shot of them, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you'll mix working from home with using the office as well, or, or are you ready to get back into the office full time? I, I think after, after lockdown, I think I'm definitely more open-minded to working from home, but... It, I wouldn't want to work home from home as often as I do at the minute. We've we've talked already about, you know, there might be the odd time when we, we can work from home, maybe if we've got a laptop or, or this or that, and there's some bits we want to just do or crack on with. But I think more often than not, there's a lot of stuff we have to do together. There's a lot of stuff we kind of need to be able to have that quick exchange of, oh, can you just help me with this? Or what do you think of this colour correction or this edit? Uh, which we, you just never get working from home and it's just so much longer of a process to, to review stuff. So for me, I think there's opportunity to definitely, but it's probably just the odd occasion if, if sort of needed and where. Yeah, I think, to be honest with you, I think I'll, I'll 
it's been good in a way because I've seen more of my family than I have done before because we, we're workaholics, so we, we always work at the office and work some more afterwards when, when it shuts. And we didn't really see much of our own families, but I feel like lockdown's been good because we spent some proper time with our families and they're only in the other rooms, so we can just go and... Um, go and say hello to them and have a quick chat or something, which we couldn't do before. So that's that's been quite nice. Yeah, um, I bet that's been good for you to just mix like work and life a bit more as well in some ways. Um, can I ask you a, a bonus question that I've just thought of on the spot? Go ahead. <laughs> so um, obviously you're really good friends. How do you find separating work stuff from like just general life stuff, being friends and making sure that work doesn't kind of overshadow the friendship in some ways? I think overall we're quite good. I mean, we, we, we spoke throughout lockdown because lockdown, we can't, we can't see each other and we're only on, uh, on Zoom and all that talking to each other. So lockdown's been difficult because the majority of it has just been work talk, which we don't like. We like to go off massive tangents and just talk about any old random stuff. But I do feel like we're quite good at, in normal times before lockdown, I feel like we were quite good at stopping work and then just going out as friends, having a couple of beers, going somewhere, just talk about anything else other than work. I think we're quite good at that because we always said before we start the business, our friendship comes first before the business. So if anything, if the business was getting that heavy, we'd put our friendship first before anything. Dan might disagree I completely disagree. Yeah, our friendship goes. That's fine. We'll just keep working. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's so important. You know what I mean to to value how you separate your, your life and me and Joe's friends with business. I mean, in lockdown, one of the things we did actually struggle with a little bit because we weren't leaving the house, we weren't really meeting socially. Obviously, because you, you couldn't really for the first couple of months, especially. And we're working so late in the evenings, we kind of started seeing each other as just like almost like just business partners. And and we'd have the odd chat here or the odd uh, talk about something. Obviously, with there not been a lot going on, there was a lot to talk about. So recently, a couple of weeks ago, we, we kind of said, no, you know what? We need to kind of do something just as mates and actually get out of the house and, 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 and have a good time. So we kind of we took a day off and... and we sort of went out and, and just sort of chilled as, as mates and, and had a good time and, and just kind of remembered what that was as well because it had been a bit of a bit of a time since then. And I think it's important to kind of do stuff like that because like, like, like Joe says, obviously we're, we're good friends, but working in a business, it does kind of change your relationship. And I think it's also important to make sure you're not forgetting about the roots about, well, what does actually make us work as a good business well it started because we were good friends and we kind of were good with communicating and getting on with each other and if you lose that then i feel like that would have an effect on your business anyway so it's always something with in the back of our minds we're like okay like, let's not just let it get too businessy all the time you know you gotta separate that up definitely. thanks so much to you both for being on the show today anyway it's been really good so where can people find out more about you and and find out how to get in touch um, if they're needing any video marketing done. So, yeah, people can reach us on our website at openhousepictures.co.uk. We're on all the socials uh, under the same name. Uh, and please feel free to reach out or drop us a message. And we're quite responsive, so we'll, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. 
Great. And before we go, um, could you both recommend one film to help people switch off this weekend? So a, a fun, enjoyable film that's that's not too deep and heavy. Uh, I'd recommend Knives Out because it's just a great like crime thriller. Good choice. It's got, it's got good actors. It's just an all round like anyone can watch it. Your mum would love it. You know, your sister would like everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone can get some out of that film. So as a, as an all rounder. I'd say that uh, it's a weird film. I'd say go watch something a bit bizarre, like Jojo Rabbit, or or if you want to get really dark, you can watch Parasite or something like that. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems, <laughs> yeah, another another classic. Uh, there's a, there's a few there, but I just suggest people go and watch a film that the so many people see films and think, oh god, that I'd never enjoy that. That'd never suit me. But just go watch a film that that you think you won't like because you might like it. I'd pick Richard Jewell. It didn't have a big release when it came out. I think it came out in about March time, but it's directed by Clint Eastwood, and it's a true story about a security guard that discovers a bomb at the 1996 Olympics in America, uh, and he got accused of planting that bomb, and he got accused of being a terrorist. So the, the, the film is about him clearing his name. Me and Dan went to go and see it at the cinema, not really expecting much. The trailers were good, but we didn't know what it was going to be like. And I cried at the end so if i cry at the end you've got to go and see it thanks so much for both being on today it's been great chatting no problem enjoy it thank you rv it's been great And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to episode two of The Social Sanctuary. I've just created a new Instagram for the podcast, so if you want to go and give it a follow, you can do at The Social Sanctuary Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe via your favourite podcasting platform and leave a review. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you next time.